The interview's so nice, we had to do it twice. Thank you for tuning in to Hack Attack and the Pharaoh. Please listen in next week for Ari Part Do, where we talk about behavioral science, politics, and chasing the ultimate ride around the world. Just be normal. Okay, so... I have never told you this. Every time uh, Jordan brings you up in conversation or we talk about you, I have a song for you. Oh, God. I have an Ari song. It's an Ari Alba song. It's like my soundtrack? Are you ready? It is. <laughs> okay. Jordan will say offhandedly, oh, I'm going to go ski with Ari. I'm going to go snowboard with Ari. I'm going to hang out with Ari. Because I'm married to Elmo. That's what she sounds like. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, why is your and wife I say, Elmo? Ari, first of all, you got the best name for this song. So her name's spelled Ari, A-R-I, Ari, but it's short for Araceli. Araceli. Yeah. Here's the song I sing. <coughs> Ari Alba, Ari Alba, Ari, 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 Ari Alba. Like Alejandro, Alejandro. Remember that song? Alejandro, Alejandro. Instead of that, it's Ari Alba, Ari Alba. Try it. Ari, Ari, Ari Alba. And I do like a little, I do a little, you know, mmm. I do a spicy little sort of salsa dance. And yeah, Ari Alba. That's me? That's you, Ari Alba. That's my song. But. The best thing about you, and it's the best thing, I mean, there, uh, and we're going to go, th this show, we're going to dive into all the best things about you, but every once in a while, and Pharaoh, you'll love this, every once in a while, she'll send me a movie quote, <laughs> a random movie quote from the 90s. Her and I, we are on the same 90s vibe. Yep. The 90s called, they want their flannel back. Yeah. That, is, that us. is us. So the other day, I'm going <laughs> to pull up my phone here. I'm going to take out my text. First of all, like, like I won't hear for her for, for like a month of Sundays, and suddenly she'll send, she sent this, could you please mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? <laughs> and then I sent her a picture of Travolta from Broken Arrow, who's yes. the villain. Because so I, I know he's going to know what I'm talking about. She sent me about. a Broken Arrow quote, and, 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 and most of the time it's The Rock. Yeah, usually it's she The Rock. She loves The Rock, and she'll... It's she'll She'll send me clips from The Rock. I will not give that order. I will not give that order. And like all this stuff. And we're so in. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. That's like the best moment of The Rock. And I, I pretty much live for someone to say, your best. So I can be like, your, your best. best. When losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck, fuck the, prom the prom queen. queen. Yeah, exactly. And then, we, and then we, we ventured forward to face off. Oh, yes. So yes. I, I sent you the Travolta picture. And then you said, I know, right? Face Off is on Netflix, too, right now. And I was like, face, ellipses, off. And she got it. She's like, I want to take his face, huge paws, off. I think my favorite part of that movie, and probably, let's be honest, the only good part of that movie. Whoa, 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 Ari and I. We are 90s But when Nicolas Cage is sitting in the surgery, in the operating room, and he's got his face off, <laughs> and he's smoking the cigarette and the doctors come in, you know, that his yeah. guys have kidnapped the doctors and they're all, what do you want? And he smokes the cigarette and he's all, take one fucking, fucking guess. <laughs> Another great thing about that film is how both actors so artfully picked up on the mannerisms of the other. Yeah. Like John Travolta made Nicolas Cage choices and Nicolas Cage made Travolta yeah. choices. What do you mean? Eh. Eh. I huh. could eat peaches for hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my dad's favorite such quotes. Such innuendo. Because he's such a... Really? Oh, yeah. Because Your so dad 
My, well, like, he, he likes sexual innuendo, innuendo well, or he likes my speeches? Father. He's I a, have. He's a bit, he's a bit awkward. He and talks, he's, a, he's a theoretical physicist. He talks like this. <laughs> this is how your father talks. Yeah. And so. he likes anything that's somewhat sexual, and he likes to throw it out. I, I just have this vision of this, you know, kind of poindexter, you know, he's got the pocket protector kind of thing, but then he's watching Face Off. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's like, yes. I could eat a peach for hours. I could eat peaches for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, and okay. his name is Felix. It's so cool. It's so cool. So I'm looking at your hand as it's holding the microphone. You have a bandage, a heavily bandaged pinky tip. What happened to your pinky? What's going on here? Oh, well, there was a bit of a final destination moment <laughs> that occurred oh, a couple have, weeks ago. You could have died? Well, Tell me. Um, you are Jason's friend. I am. I am, yeah. <laughs> Tell us all. Well, I had a, I had a couple friends come into town. Oklahoma came into town Ooh. from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where yes. the crack comes. And then he brought the a friend from Amarillo, Texas, and they came to snowboard. And I actually know Oklahoma because I sold him a snowboard oh. on backcountry about 10 years ago on Chet. And I told him if he ever wanted to come to Utah to hit me up to go snowboarding. And ever since then, we have snowboarded in Utah, Jackson, Alaska, Chile. You call him Oklahoma? Yes. I think his name is Sam. You just call him Okie. Uh, <laughs> I think his name is Sam, but uh, it's so like Forrest it's Gump. <laughs> well, and then there's Cleveland. He was from Cleveland. Yeah. And there was Detroit. He was from <laughs> And Tex, I can't remember where he was from. I don't know. Yeah, it's Tex a very Argentinian from. thing to give people nicknames. It's, 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 it's an affectionate thing. Like, usually people, if they're a good friend, you know. Okay, so for the record, let's address this. You are Argentinian. Yeah. You were born. Tell us where you were born. I was born in San Juan, Argentina. Argentina, San Juan. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. My mom is there from is from there also. My father, Felix, who we've already Felix, Felix, chatted about Felix, Felix, as my grandma would call. <laughs> uh, my grandma. He is from Burgos, Spain. So he after. After the in Civil War in, Espa in, in España, they immigrated, emigrated to. Uh, you mean Fra Franco from and, and yeah, Franco the Civil and War. everything? Yes, yes, my Hemingway my grandma and, and everything, like all of them. Wow. My grandma and all her brothers and sisters were none of them were above five feet tall because they were you know up in the woods, in the mountains. Wow, for whom the bells toll. So yeah, exactly. Wow, during look the at whole that. Civil War the there. Partisans. So they went on a boat all the way to Buenos Aires, and then. Um, uh, I didn't know that. This is you amazing. didn't know that my dad went from Spain to Argentina. Um, a I lot of people. Went I didn't know that he fled the the Spanish Civil War. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was like fleeing necessarily that, but it was just after all that they just decided to go. They decided to go to Argentina. Um, you should read my dad's book. He talks a lot about that. There's in a his book. You don't know? You haven't read my dad's books? All What's it books? called? Uh, there's like five of them. Galloping with the light. It's all about uh, like uh, relativity and name the titles. Oh, God, I could bring one downstairs. Galloping with the light. Okay. That's his first one. So it has a picture of Einstein riding a horse. So Einstein <laughs> riding a horse. Yeah, I've got it in my car. <laughs> you, I can't believe you've never read any of my dad's you books. You told me about Well, I've read. No, I mean. Well, so he, they're not very easy. Well, So he's a physicist? Well, he, he has a degree in engineering, I believe, electrical engineering and stuff like that. But then he his passion was always physics and quantum mechanics and all that stuff. And so he... Well, I mean, this is a whole story. So th anyways, he went to, wow. from the family went from Spain to Argentina. And then my dad actually met my mom in college. He was her professor. No. Yes, yes. He was a grad student. Was it teaching. lascivious? Oh, grad student. Yeah, he was like a grad, he, was, he right. was a grad student teaching undergrad when my mom was doing engineering. Tell and then um, at the University of Buenos Aires in Bahia Blanca. Mm -hmm. And then they got married and then they waited seven years and they had little me little Ori hold on how'd this happen like, like, like who, ma who made the first move oh I don't know mm -hmm. apparently though I was 
I was conceived. Yes. My, my, my mom was. I, I, I want to say that I was conceived. My mom was reading a book called The Orgasm of Fascism. And then <laughs> something oh, like fascism. that. Fascism. Fascism. <laughs> yeah. And then I, th- I want to say. I think Trump's read that book. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's the only orgasm he ever had. Probably. Or wait. Never. Yeah. Well, that he didn't pay for. Yeah, exactly. Okay, had to so pay, that had to pay off. The orgasm of <laughs> orgasm of fascism. Yes, yes, and then it outright for nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> it's gilded and fake gold. And then uh, they had me, and then a couple years later, or a year or two later, um, my dad always knew that he wanted to come teach, be a professor here in the, U- the U.S. That was always his goal. And so I learned English and Spanish at the same time when I was a kid. My dad would speak to me in English, my mom wow. would speak to me in Spanish. And if you've ever been around my parents, you notice that we still. Do the same thing. It's, it's bilingual, yeah. It was bilingual, but I typically talk to my dad in, sp- in English and always right. talk to my mom in Spanish. Yes, yes, yes. And I've seen um, this. we moved here to Salt Lake primarily because when my mom got off the plane here and saw the mountains and saw the high elevation desert of Salt Lake, it looked very much like San Juan. Oh, she was beautiful. Born. It yeah, beckoned so, at home. Yeah, yes. they, they, she looked and was like, oh, it looks like the Andes. Oh, so um, they mo- he came to teach at the University of Utah. And he taught there for several years, and then five years later, my brother Nico, who you've met, was born. And my grandparents, we were a multi-generational form, uh, home when I was a kid. My grandparents from Spain lived in our basement, which was, always, which was really nice. This. Yeah. So we always, we, already, we always had them in the home that was really good for my parents, too, because, you know, they could leave Abuelos. us. Go to Los abuelitos. <laughs> We'd always go to Abuelita Maria's house for dinner on Sundays, which just mean we went, we went downstairs <laughs> for dinner. And then... Uh, yeah, and then my dad eventually left the University of Utah, and then for a while he did a bunch of consulting for like DuPont and a company what? called Malvern in England, and then he invented a bunch of shit. And then he even did some stuff for NASA. He made a spectrometer that's out in space somewhere. And then... Um, <laughs> as one does. As one does. No you know, deal. it's a natural progression. Yeah, I, I made a mass spectrometer for, for breakfast. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, um, Wow. That's, that's yeah. This is the story th- of the albums, awesome. really. These are the albums. Um, I want to get back to. Um, so, did we finish your story? The final destination oh, the theater, story. Sorry. So my friends. Sorry, I tend to go. No, on no, that's okay. So we. I want to circle back this, to what. Yeah, this. the my friends were in town for this big snowboarding um, weekend. We got a room up at Snowbird. It snowed a bunch, which was awesome because the season has been so no snow, and so they came for. We got like a twenty-inch powder day, which was awesome. We stayed up at the hotel. And then on the last night, they came here, and they stayed here on the couch. And then um, there was a bottle of vodka that they had left, and so I stuck it in the freezer, um, just on the shelf. You know, it was in there. I, I kind of, like, forgot it was there. And then the next night, I was working, and I got up and was just going to defrost some chicken for dinner. <laughs> I grabbed the chicken and started to notice that the bottle started falling. Uh. And you know how you normally do when you see something fall? Your instinct is to, like, oh, put your hand out. And I might have, I don't even remember really what happened, but I might have kind of, you know, when you drop your phone, you end up like punching it instead. I think I bumped it even more and then it hit the bottom of the freezer and the neck of the bottle uh, broke off. And I can show you what my finger looked like when I looked at yes. it. I love chopped meat. I love, I love injuries. Oh, show just, me, show just, me, show just me. Just wait. It looks, what are you it's like hamburger finger. Whoa, your nail! <laughs> it's severed through the nail it's and I am looking the nail. at, I'm looking at some subcutaneous tissue. I'm looking at a little bit of, yeah. Some 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 I'm fatty some fatty really, tissue there. I'm really wow. grateful that I had uh, your nails were fab. Look at that. That I had nails on there. That I had oh. like the thick gel stuff on there because I might have just my chopped God. off my finger. What'd that feel like? Oh well, I looked down and there was just blood everywhere. And then of course the cats were like, "Oh, let's look up the blood." Holy and I don't shit, even know where bad. my nail went. And the cat might, Bonnie might have eaten the tip of my finger. I'm not sure. Wow. 
So yeah, that was that. So and uh, I was working, so I had to tell my boss like, "Hey, I have an emergency. I just chopped off my finger. <laughs> I gotta go." <laughs> I broke a nail. I well, broke a severed nail. a nail is, is and better. also half my finger. Yeah. Um, so how do you? So you and Jason are friends. Yes, have been friends for a while. How do you know Jason? Uh, oh. We go back. It's a tale. We go back. A tale of epic proportion. Okay, well, it was the I'll best start of times. <laughs> it was the worst of times. <laughs> it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. Okay, so first of all, I, I'm, I'm gonna. Okay, I, I'm gonna throw this out there. So you are an autism specialist. Yep. And a Montessori is, teacher. Which is so cool. Back in the day, my hot little honey was a Montessori teacher as well, up in Park City, where Ari was working, and they met. But she Ari is no Montessori teacher regular. Autism specialist. But Jordan would always come uh, come home and say, oh, my God, there's this girl named Ari. She's my bestie. I love her. Ari this, Ari that. I love her. I emulate her. I worship her. Ari, Ari, Ari. Ari Alba. Ari Alba. Ari, 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 Ari Alba. And I'm like, well, I got to meet this Ari Alba. And she's, like, she's a shredder. She snowboards. She goes hard. She's better than most dudes. She's mountain bike. She shreds. She's a shredder. I want to be her friend. And so you were like a household name. So That's so eye. funny because I, I can't remember. It's true. So I was like, well, oh. and then I think so initially, so I went to college. I have a degree in biology and psychology. And then um, I was initially going to be a doctor. But yeah, then tell me how you got into autism specialty. That's so, that's so I don't even niche. exactly know. Initially, I, I was like, oh, I'm pre-med. I'm going to go to I'm going to be a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And then during college, I shadowed a surgeon at the LDS hospital, uh, Dr. Pearl. He's amazing. He's like a friend mm. of my dad's. Uh, he's a pulmonary specialist, and um, I loved it and everything, but I, I remember that I had this one frank conversation with him one time where I was just like, he's like, why do you want to be a doctor? And I was like, I want to help people, and he and, and there was so much, because he was such a like well-known pulmonologist, I mean, every day we had the drug reps coming. Let's wow. go to Lakai, let's go to Oyster Bar, let's go here, and they were just throwing money at him and all these drugs and all this stuff, and, and he told me, he's like, well, in all honesty, Ari, he's like, if you want to help people, he's like, this is American healthcare. He's mm. like, the only time I feel like I'm really helping people is when I do Doctors Without Borders. Oh, wow. And he told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, if, if that's what you want to do, like, uh, I commend you, but, you know, just be prepared that there's a lot about insurance and HMOs and all this stuff about how healthcare is run in this country that you, that's probably going to stress you out a lot. Like, Dr. Pearl's awesome. He's like this, like, ridiculously smart, is, they're uh, this Jewish family that I've known their kid forever. Um, I was like, huh. And it kind of stuck with me a little bit. And so I didn't really know what I was going to do. And so while I was here um, during a summer, I, I, I used to go to, I went to college in Minnesota at McAllister. And then I came. Minnesota, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I did the Hughes Science Institute. So it was like a program for people. When I was in high school, I would go there in the summers and do research and stuff. And so, and, and then I ended up getting like a big academic scholarship. So that's why I ended up going there to continue doing uh, bio, biology research. And then, um, I ended up leaving there after three years. I just wasn't really happy. I just really know what I wanted to do. And I came back home and then I decided to start taking classes at the U and I was looking for a job during which I could, you know, kind of go back and forth. And I saw the Pingree School for Autism, which is like one of the most famous uh, intervention places here in Utah for autism. And they're like, oh, yeah, we work around your schedule. Like if you need to come to work for two hours and then go to a class and come back and it's right on campus. It's right on uh, Sunnyside. And so I started doing that, and I've always been good with kids. Like when I, I volunteered at Shriners Hospital my whole, like wow. through junior high and high school. And then when I was in Minnesota, I volunteered at the Sabathany Community Center, like working, tutoring um, at-risk youth. And so like once I started working with kids, I was like, oh, like this actually makes me feel like I'm having a much more hands-on 
um, effect. On what like, drew you to autism specifically? Well, so this is also kind of funny. Well, I don't know. If, have you met me and my father and my family? Like, we're all a little autistic. <laughs> we all definitely have, like... That's why you're not making eye contact. <laughs> no, yeah, no eye contact. I mean, and you know I can't eat bananas. Like, if you eat a banana in front What'll of me, happen? I'm like... Bleh. Because the texture, I can't. There's so, there's so many things Oh, my that, God. I remember this about you. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like, I you, have well, sensory you, if issues. If you see someone enjoying a banana, you're like... Oh, oh. Yeah, I have to look away. I can't there, even watch someone eating a banana. Well, I think I got a banana right here. No, know. no, no, please don't. No way. Wow. I mean, I appreciate the phallic. <laughs> not not the good, texture. You have a good appreciation of the phallus, but uh, no. I, I like anyone. But. And so I've always, and this is another interesting thing. So I, I started working there and I worked there for eight years. And then Jeez. I quit there because like I just, uh, I kind of wasn't, I, I kind of passed up for promotion a couple times. And so then I ended up going to Orem and I ended up helping set up the Bridges Autism Program at Kids on the Move, which is a nonprofit for two years and that was really fun except a ton of work because it was a startup and everything else um but a couple years after i was at the pingree school i had a f so when i was here in utah growing up well first of all i was like a really awkward nerdy child so i didn't have as many friends but you? also no. yeah but Good. also being as we weren't mormon we weren't really allowed to play with a lot of the kids in our neighborhood because Whoa. that was, you know, the so 80s in Utah. Some direct discrimination there. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, people would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, but like, oh, I don't know if you know what that's like. <laughs> I Well, I um, I was born in Utah yeah. or in Salt Lake, but I only lived here for about five years. But I remember stories yes. from my mom and, uh, you know, and apparently one of the stories was they actually did. One of the Mormon families did let one of their kids come play with us one time. But then we showed him Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, and then and, you were you were and then ever never no. saw him again, oh. ever. What's wrong with melting Nazis? Come on. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's for everybody. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> but <laughs> but the other one was so. So I went to this Jewish preschool. Oh, which one did you go to? Uh, Buttons and Bows. I know where that is. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know some Jewish people that have gone there. Yeah, yeah I went to Buttons and Bows. And um, and so, but my mom, my family's Catholic. Yeah. And so we had a Christmas tree. Yeah. And um, our the Mormon friends had Christmas trees. Yeah. And my Jewish friends did not have Christmas trees. So one day I come home and I put two and two together. I said, well, mom, we don't have a Christmas or we have a Christmas tree. My friends at school don't like, have Christmas trees, like, so we must be Mormon because they have yeah. Christmas trees. And she flipped out. Yeah. <laughs> and she did not like that one bit. How Catholic are your parents? Because, I mean, I'm Catholic. I mean, only in the yeah, sprinkle um, the water on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about as <laughs> So that I, I wouldn't end up in limbo. I went to Catholic school. So that school. my grandma wouldn't, you know. Yeah. That's kind of what what I did. Yeah, I, yeah did in for, Argentina, for it's for more of a cultural thing. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know. Asking my dad at one point in time when I was little, like, oh, you know, like, why did we get baptized? Why do we do all this if we don't, you know, my parents are scientists, so, like, we weren't, we were never practicing in any sense. And I remember my dad said to me, he was like, well, you know, he's like, well, you know, we did it for your grandparents. And I'm like, well, why? Like, and then he's like, well, you know, if you don't believe, it's just water on your head. And I thought, oh. Okay. He doesn't hurt anything. Doesn't hurt anything. We just but did it. But if it's all real, it's an insurance policy. Yeah, but if for some reason, por <laughs> las dudas, just in case anything happens, then you know I'm baptized and hopefully I won't be like a little baby with wings flying around in limbo. <laughs> in, pur in purgatory. In purgatory. Yes, that's burning what it is. In eternally, fire and brimstone. Okay, so I'm gonna set you up here. You uh, you got a hell of a brain in that noggin of yours. Yeah. You got a, you got a big beautiful brain. 
you're you're an autism specialist. I mean, you're majoring in biology, all this stuff. Now, I've we've talked about this over the years, mm. and, and I'm gonna expose you a little bit. Now, not only that, not only do you have this big, beautiful brain, but you're a shredder. This girl can shred up a mountain on the snowboard. She goes hard. She goes harder than like like than most dudes. And likewise, in the summer, on a mountain bike, this girl goes for it. So. We can call you a triple threat, so to speak. An awesome snowboarder, an awesome mountain biker, a massive intellect, very intelligent, very accomplished woman. You intimidate the hell out of men. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I've heard you, you know, talking about dating over the years. So what's that like? What, what's that like? How are you treated as a woman, a shredder woman in a boys club, right? The man's world of extreme sports, the boys club that is sports, <laughs> fucking sports. But you can keep up, if not smoke them and leave them for dead more often than not. Well, I've found that the quickest way to get rid of a guy that I didn't like is to just go snowboarding with him because uh -huh. he will quickly, he will <laughs> because just... Because you leave him at the top of the mountain. And he will cry. <laughs> I mean, no, I have, I have... I remember one time there was this one dude that um, I don't even remember. He was just, he just was apparently very insecure. And I took him to the top of the circuit. I'm like, hey, let's go down. And apparently he freaked out and he straight up left. Apparently you never saw him again? No, he like went to the car and went home. And I'm like looking for him, calling him. You He's like, lost him? Well, I didn't lose him. I was waiting for him at the bottom of the circuit. He went you home. You never saw me. He's like, fuck this. Oh, no. How long did you wait? Oh, I waited for like 30, 40 minutes. I'm calling him. Finally, he picks up. He's like, yeah, I'm at the gas station at the bottom. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't really like that ridge. Yeah, I don't really like it. So I went home. I was like, and so you didn't think that maybe you should have told me? <laughs> a little heads up, pal. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting in a blizzard. Like, didn't know. And then another time in Jackson, there was this dude that I'd told repeatedly over and over as a dude I ice climbed with. I was like, hey, we're just friends. I'm not looking for anything more. Um, like, I think you're a really cool dude, but like. Like, I just, I, I was kind of dating someone else. I'm like, I'm down to, like, go ice climb and snowboard and everything else. And I got, I got stuck on this Jackson trip with him because my girlfriend bailed out at the last minute. And he still was just kind of obviously still trying to do that. And I was uh. like, how am I going to get rid of him? And I thought, oh, <laughs> I know how I'll get rid of him. I'll just go to the top of Corbett's Coolar and I'll send it. I and gotta, he won't. I got to ditch this guy. <laughs> and so I did and sent Corbett's and lost him. Wait, he, he lived though, right? I mean, I hope so. I think he's still, okay. I think he's still alive. Uh, we think yeah. he's okay. I think he's okay. I yeah. think he's a skeleton at the top yeah. of Corbett's Kular. I, I see why you and Jason are friends now. Yeah. I mean, we have the snowboarding. We have the, well, you don't mountain. And I climb. But I climb. You, you climb. Yeah. And you seemingly like to take people on death defying adventures that oh, yeah, they might yeah. not be aware of. I've been told that, you know, that I. When people, I mean, I have a couple other good friends that like my fr my friend's husband AJ always laughs. He's like, "Oh, if Ari tells you a hike's like three miles, be prepared. It's like 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sandbagging Ari. So let's clear up the record. Oh, I can mountain bike. I'm from Park City, baby. <laughs> if you if you put me on a mountain bike, I'm not at a loss of what to do. However, no, I do not own a like eight thousand dollar mountain bike. I'm not like super 12. into it. Twelve. Sorry, but if if you hand me a mountain bike, I'm no Ari Alba, but I can handle myself. <laughs> Just put some training wheels on there, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, He's got a little bell on his bike <laughs> that He's he like, rings. Bring, bring, bring. <laughs> and the basket. Oh, you and need the a basket. basket. Do you have streamers? Flowers. Oh, he's got the streamers. He's got. He likes to put baseball cards in the spokes, <laughs> so you can hear them coming. <laughs> I have my little like newspaper rack on the back, and uh, yeah. No, so so. I, get, I apologize, Jason. I did not mean to undercut you. 
to say that you I just said you didn't mountain bike. I yeah. Yeah. I just didn't. That was that. I should. I apologize. This girl wears like a downhill racing helmet. Like, like yeah. you, you have a full face yeah. helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. My She's p- hardcore. I, my downhill bike got stolen. So right now I'm on kind of like an enduro bike. I'm going to build a downhill bike again this summer. But. I have full respect for anybody that mountain bikes. I went uh, my father, who is kind of like you and he tells somebody there's a trail. Oh, it's only so long but it's twice as long or twice as hard. Or I'll just say, what I say is always, you'll be fine. And people yeah, are like, that's you. That's kind of him. <laughs> he says, you'll be fine. We went on the uh, Wasatch. The Crest? The Crest. Oh, I've got a couple good We crest almost stories. died. Yeah. Because we're not mountain bikers. And he was just like, oh, no, I talked to a few guys. It's like, fine. we could probably do it twice today. We'll get to the bottom of the hill. We'll go back up. I'm like, okay, sounds good. No, we. No. I walked my bike half the half the time. I'm I'm a I'm kind of a pussy. I'm not gonna. I will. <laughs> I, I'm a cotton candy eating motherfucker. I am. I am. I will. So I have total respect for anybody, especially anybody that has the full on twelve thousand dollar bike with the downhill slope, you know, speed helmet. Uh, to quote C.T. Fletcher, probably you cotton candy eating motherfucker. So C.T. Fletcher, famous black bodybuilder with strength records. We uh, last interviewed, uh, well, we interviewed Mike in Chicago, my my brother, and uh, good old C.T. You are cotton candy eating motherfucker. I didn't know that. Well, you can still do the podcast with me, but but uh, Ari here. No, that's, how that's how we balance things out. Mm-hmm. It's this yin and yang. I'm more of the. You're the yin. Um, so you so. <laughs> For lack of a better term, you ball cut some of these guys. I mean, I mean, you, you, you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, you leave them for dead. You, you <laughs> well, no, this is great. Leave them for dead. It's just like we have we we have another guest lined up. Yeah. Who is like you? Um, a little preview for when Mary comes on. She's uh, she's a triple threat. Uh, not not quite the um, death defying sports. You know. Yeah. Uh, but she's very smart, very intelligent. She's a nurse. Um, she trapped a bear one time that was eating her roses. I butchered an elk. Nice. I ate some I of it today. She <laughs> fired right back. Yeah, no. She's like, trapped a bear. I butchered an elk after I killed it I with my teeth. I ate some of it today, actually. I bit into its jugular <laughs> like a lioness. Um, but so she has some. And it was in a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a it was in a pen. I, I didn't have to travel very far. Um so she has some crazy date stories. And oh I'm God. wondering what is your craziest date story? My craziest date story. Um Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to think of crazy dates without like talking about anybody that No strange. names. Talk smack, but no names. Uh, want the goods, baby. So I back in the day. So I've always had a. You, I mean, I've always had. I would say a propensity of uh, male friends, typically, mm. because just in general, I would say on the spectrum of personality traits or whatever else, I tend to perhaps skew a little bit towards some things, and it's probably also being a little autistic that my personality traits are just. My friend Sophie tells me I have masculine energy. Masculine I don't, <laughs> energy. I don't even know what that means. Your voice went so deep there. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I don't, which is funny because I can also be like extremely feminine. I could take you upstairs and show you, you $20,000 of Jimmy. I did just get my lashes done. I'll get my lashes done and then like go heli skiing the day next day. I will say day. this. She's got this badass snowboarder outfit on, but I see <laughs> glitter on her hands. I is have that? glitter, long nails, even though I almost lost a finger, but yes. 
I get my nails done. I get my lashes done. Yeah. Um, so you're, I have, a, you're just a lady with... I am very you know. ladylike in a lot of ways, but I yeah. it just in general, I have a lot of male friends. Um, I have... Uh, usually when I have girlfriends, it's someone like Jordan, where it's like, when I have a girlfriend, it's a good girlfriend. Shredder girl. It's like someone that I like really trust. I've never had a click. I've never had, you know, like it has to be people that I like, I mean, I have all friends all over the world that I snowboard with and stuff, but in terms of female friends, it's someone I have to really connect with. That's not going to be mad at me when I'm like super direct and mm-hmm. logical minded. More masculine. More masculine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I will, I will do that. Like I will, I will be the girl that like the girl, the girl's crying and she's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, why the fuck you do that? You're an idiot. You know, like that will be me. I will say it lovingly. I'm the person. Such a man. Well, no. And like, even like, you know, like when a girlfriend's crying, I'm not the girl that's going to be like, oh my God, let me go. I'm going to be like, how can I help you? I'll make you a steak. I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> See, I, this is great because I, I, I really want to get, there's a couple other questions I have and we're going to get to the craziest kay. date one. But okay. So I, I really, what I want to say is, so really you just, it's lady balls. Well. I guess, yes. Yeah. I have very large ovaries. That's the okay. homogenous structure, I See, think. See, and what we need, though, what we need, because I'm a firm believer in what Betty White says. She yeah. doesn't get the whole balls thing because balls are delicate. Yes. They're gentle. They're, they, yeah, they hang, they're, they're hanging there. Yeah. You flick them and they go yeah, down, have right? Some balls, it yeah, sense. but all you have to do is touch them and then they're done. But but as the lady bits go, you can, as Betty White That's says, why you can pound the shit out of them yeah. and they keep going. Like, yeah. They always say, right, right like the gag, the, you yeah. know, pussy. Don't be such a pussy. But a pussy, what do they say? A pussy can take a pounding. Yeah. Balls. Balls, like, you like, barely you know, touch them. You breathe on them. Balls? And they yeah, they're sensitive. We're quoting Betty White here, so just say, this is not what we came up with, just in case you're offended. No. But, um, I am very But what would you, offended. I mean, if we could come up with a term that doesn't involve, like, saying balls, you know, something else. What, you're, you're obviously a very intelligent person, and I'm wondering what you might have to, to add to that. <sighs> you know, there, I don't, I don't really know. The whole term of tit up, but I don't. Well, and, and the other euphemism, grow a pair, grow a pair, grow a pair of balls. Dot dot dot. Yeah, I mean, come on, wear your ovaries on the outside, toughen up. Yeah. <laughs> why, why ovaries to the wall. <laughs> like, ovaries to the wall. Yeah. Ovaries That's to the it, wall. Right there. Ovaries <laughs> to the wall. Ovaries to the wall. Yeah. That's why we brought her on yeah. for these little gems. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've. You know, I, I don't know. I'm always no, been, that's all right. I've always been the girl that's kind of a little bit off. Like I'm just a little bit different than all my girlfriends. I'm a little bit here. I'm a little bit there. I've always had all the male friends. And it's always been interesting to me too, because I have so many girlfriends and I, I that I really love and all this stuff. And I'm trying to understand like male and female interactions and all that especially in the world nowadays with Mm -hmm. all the tinder and all the bullshit and all that other stuff it's like it is interesting like as a female and i was trying to explain this to my brother who has his own little weird views on shit um (laughs) that i was trying to he was like because you know he's like feminism is cancer and i'm like "Eh, you know like i try to explain him as someone who i feel like i'm like okay i'm i'm a smart person i can take care of my stuff like if my car breaks down i've changed the rotors on my car watching youtube i built i've built two mountain bikes i can do all these things and i feel and but i it's it's sad to me to think that sometimes that that is so like intimidating to a guy like why why is that intimidating like with my old boyfriend i remember being like oh my car needs to have an oil change damsel in distress and then he's like oh let me help 
help you. And like, really, I could have changed the fucking oil myself. See, I love this idea because then I could be like, Ari, uh, my car's yeah, and something I going on with the car. Just get me a YouTube video noises, and I can fucking do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting, and I've tried to explain to it. Like, I, I don't feel victimized by it at all and, or whatever else. It's not about being a victim. It's just I've tried to explain that, like, as a woman, when you are intelligent or where you, or mm-hmm. if you're a really good snowboarder, a really good mountain biker competent, or whatever else. Competent, competent in all these competent. realms and spheres. Here's the thing. is like what I've tried to explain to him one time is that I was like, even when I'm – so I'm a backcountry gearhead. I'm a gear specialist for backcountry.com. I can't tell you how many times I'm talking to a dude on the thing, and we're setting him up with an alpine touring setup to, like, go to you know the alps or to south america or to alaska for, to go hell or anything and we sit there and da, 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 and the guy's like thanks man that was awesome you got me the best setup i'm so excited thanks and, bro yeah. thanks bro and like so many and sometimes i'll just be like hey i'm a chick and they're like no fucking way you're a girl i'm like what what and so like what i've tried to explain is like when you're a guy people you think assume I was patting here with the high-pitched <laughs> voice and i gotta cuss a lot in order to sound more well but i'm chatting so they don't they don't hear me so they, you know, they can't tell that I'm typing with long nails. Um, but like, I try to explain, like, when you're a girl, you have to prove yourself competent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's different. Whereas you're a dude, you're assumed to be competent. You're born with that privilege. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you must know you're, what you're yeah. And, 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 there's, and now, you know, you see all these guys being all upset, like, oh, masculinity is under attack, and oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when's the when's the American white male gonna catch a break? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're we're such. A, and then the best part is that they're like, we're, they 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 yell about snowflakes and shit, and I'm like, dude, y- y'all are acting like the biggest victims in the world. Oh, biggest that, victims in the freaking world. Great, there's a great new book coming out of France, France called I Hate Men. Pretty sure that's what it's called. I Hate Men. And um, and what <laughs> happened was the original the original printer it was some boutique print shop they only got four hundred copies out yeah. but the interior minister got a hold of the book and just flipped out about it yeah and then it got all this play yeah exactly and then these other publishers picked it up and now it's printing out two hundred thousand copies or something <laughs> like that <laughs> but but no uh you're absolutely right I th- and, you and know. that's that, and that's and it's funny especially because on backcountry my name ari people assume i'm like some jewish white male <laughs> <laughs> ari from i'm new like york. ari gold you know <laughs> from ari gold from new york how are you let's talk snowboards and, it, and it's so funny how many times people when they find out i'm a girl or how many times like i can sometimes if i'm not wearing my like neon pink barbie jacket mm-hmm. If I'm wearing a big baggy jacket snowboarding, I can't tell you how many times someone thinks I'm a girl, a guy. Nice, bro. And then they they like were like, oh, let's go get a drink at the tram club, and I take off my helmet, and they're like, oh, you're a girl. I'm like, why can't is that I? a problem? Yeah, it's not a problem, and, and, and it doesn't mean that it's it's not. I mean, I understand that you know women haven't done these things as long as or whatever as much as men, but it is interesting to to see people's perceptions or but then the best part is is that like so sometimes they're like oh you're a girl but you're a lesbian you must oh you must be a bull dyke <laughs> you must hate only men. a bull dyke can ride <laughs> like that yeah and i'm like how, ma- how many I- years you've been with your wife yeah exactly like, holy oh, so now shit I'm, that must be a, like why 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 so is it that gender I- roles right so many gender roles especially in western society like we're talking about guys want the damsel in distress they want the girl who can't do shit to change her own tire yeah. that's how they fill their own masculine identity roles like yeah. oh i can help her you out shred them you out brain them and you can t- torque the lug nut off with the tire iron better than they can they're ball cut they're emasculated well, it's kind of so- like a guy doesn't want to be shorter than a girl yeah. but it's sort of like you're taller than him in every way so you've experienced this not just in the physical realm oh my god in but everything. the intellect realm men have been intimidated by your brain right 
Yeah. What, what, what does that look like? Did they ever say, oh, sorry, I like my girl's oh, dumber? Well, Did the guy say, I like my girl's dumber? No, there was the one boyfriend that used to tell me, can you please not talk about smart stuff around my friends? <laughs> he literally said that. Could you read a book with pictures, please? <laughs> he said, can you please? Because he had, and it was so funny, too, because he had this one roommate, and his roommate actually was this, like, very odd uh, just very odd, nerdy dude that was very awkward, and you could tell that he didn't have a ton of friends, and he was very—he was a very much an introvert. And so when—and this dude was like a ski bum, and he lived with a bunch of ski bums. So this dude was always the guy that was a bit of the awkward out, and I know what it's like to be the person that like doesn't have any friends, right? So I, every time I went to his house, and he was really, really fucking smart. Like you could talking to him, you're like, oh wow, this dude is like—you could tell he was very, very like in his brain, thought very abstractly and stuff. And so a lot of times at parties when I was there, plus especially all the other like ski bums are like, oh, crush a beer can on my head and you know, all this stuff. So I'd go talk to him and like we'd be over in the corner, you know, I'd be like, let's smoke a cigar and talk about, you know, like what's the best system of healthcare. Wait, 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 and he'd wait, get, wait. you smoke cigars <laughs> yes, too. And drink scotch. <laughs> what? Oh yes. What kind of scotch? What's your favorite scotch? Oh, so I'm a smoky peaty girl. I like yes. my Lagavulin 16 year. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That was yes. John just having a fascist orgasm. Yes, <laughs> which is how I came to be. Yeah. In the uh, <laughs> octave of Andy Gibb from the Bee Gees. Yes. My God. But uh, no, he, 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 he gets he off would. on whiskey. He asks every, oh, every guest, like, if they say Scots, like, what kind of Scots? And someone's like, Oban 16. He's like, yes! Oban. Yes! Oban is great. I like Oban, <laughs> a good Lafroy. Like, oh, I, lo I love my scotches. I like Your my Malbecs, my So you're talking ones. to this guy, this awkward guy. Yeah, and, and I remember. And, and it was so funny because, like, like not, but in terms of, you know, what you would think of, I'm like, dude, how, why would you be intimidated that I'm talking to this like super nerd? I'm, I'm clearly, it's not an attraction thing. I am actually doing it because I can tell that he's kind of feels left out and he's always kind of left out of the whole thing and he's mm -hmm. really intelligent. And so I'm just talking to him to like bring, bring him in, like right. to like make him feel, cause I know what it's like to be that. He was threatened. Was he threatened? <laughs> and, and I'm like, wait, you're threatened that I'm talking to like the 80 pound little nerdy kid in the corner instead of you like i'm not i'm your girlfriend but you're mad and he's like you can just stop talking about smart stuff <laughs> like, no way no like, your so place should, so should, should so what should i talk about so should i just dumb it down Ari. i dumb should it dumb down. it down no i know it's uh, or i've been shit. told i'm too reasonable i got broken <laughs> up one time he's i like, like a crazier girl he's like why do you have to be so reasonable i was like oh why I'm, do you have to be so reasonable that's what, what i took no, all the that, logic yeah, that's what he told me. That was my breakup line. He's like, I you know what? Go You're, just just You're just too reasonable. You're just too reasonable. Bull in a china shop. Yeah. That was, so you broke up. He said that in the breakup that, Ari, you're just too reasonable? Well, so it was. What happened? How this breakup happened? <laughs> God damn it, Ari, you're too fucking <laughs> okay, smart. Okay. And so you're all it was like this person I was dating and we weren't in a like committed, serious relationship. But um, <laughs> this is so silly. Uh, we've been dating for a little bit and. We went out for Valentine's Day, and I remember when I got to his house, I was walking up the stairs to his apartment, and on the way to his apartment, there was like a shoe, and then there was like a sock, and there uh -huh. was a sweatshirt, like all on the ground, and I was Sex like, trail. I was like, this is odd, like why is there all this stuff on the ground? But I didn't think of it. I go there, we go to dinner, we have dinner, whatever, and at this dinner, he's kind of like, oh, well, maybe we should like date more seriously, and I was like, all right, whatever. We get back. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Yeah, I was cool, like, dude, whatever, cool. bro. He took me to a Brazilian steakhouse. I was happy. He was <laughs> yours. <laughs> I was like, there's He meat. was yours. You melted like <laughs> like a rodizio in his yes. palm. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> <You're fine. That's laughs> 
So we get back and all of, and it's snowing really hard and we pull into his apartment building and there's a girl standing like Samara from the ring with her hair all wet in the in front of his car. <laughs> and she bangs on the front of his car and she's like, ah! and I, Samara from the ring. She, <laughs> like, you're going to die in seven days. I was, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And so he looks at her and I can tell, obviously, because like I'm a behaviorist. I... I, I'm very in tune with people's like body language, eye contact, all these things. I was, I was an autism behavior therapist for ten years. I know, and look at him, and I can tell he's like, oh god, <laughs> oh fuck. And so <laughs> I'm like, who's this girl? And he's like, I don't know her. I was like, <laughs> I was like nice bro. <laughs> we didn't get names. Yeah, no. I was like, wait, you don't, you don't know this person. So of course. She, he rolls down the window and she screams his name. And he's like, maybe she's some crazy homeless person. She's a crack And I was out. like, so the crazy homeless person knows your name. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I, he's so busted. And so I was just like, dude, you obviously know this girl. It's Valentine's Day. She's sitting here in a snowstorm with her hair all over her, her face bawling, banging on your car. Like, and, there's like, a, and there's a sex trail. There's yeah, like a there was, sock and well, a Well, I think what happened is he told, I think he might have broken up with her. It was someone else he was dating, and he broke up with her that day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so Did she came. Did you know that he was playing two sides? No, but we were also not like. Oh, official. We, yeah, no, we were just kind of mm. hanging out, snowboarding for a little. Oh, it, was, okay. it was like a month or two in. So, <laughs> and this girl, Samara, I don't remember <laughs> her name is, but she was just sitting there. I mean, she's just bawling. And so I finally just tell him, I was like, well, He's like, I don't want to talk to her. I was like, you should, well, go, you should go talk to her. You should go was, attend to this. I was like, this girl is freaking out, and this is sad. And I was like, and I also, I don't want to be a part of whatever this is happening. Like, she obviously feels terrible, so do something. And so then he goes out and talks to her, and I'm just sitting in the car. And, like, unfortunately, I, you know, drank during dinner, so I was like, well, I can't drive home, so I have to sit here for a little while because I want to be safe. And so I eventually went in, and um, <laughs> he tried. <laughs> God. So then I told him I was like, so I was like, so you are you gonna, are you gonna tell the truth here, dude? I was like, clearly that's not some homeless crackhead. She knew your name. It's clearly someone seems, you've been. Seems I was like, some involvement. I was like, I'm not an idiot. It seems like perhaps you were dating this person, and then you guys had a little thing or whatever happened. You've and now she's upset, and she's upset that you were with some other girl on Valentine's Day. So like, why don't you just say what the hell's going on? And so then he tried to tell me. He's like, well, you know, I'm a bartender, and sometimes in my industry, I was like, <laughs> he's like, people can get really obsessed with you. It's some girl that's been stalking me, and I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. I was like, Dude. I'm a bartender. Yes. Sometimes this is this is <laughs> hazards of the job. As if he's apparently. like a spy. <laughs> you know, some international assassin. I'm like, dude, you're a well, fucking bartender. Sometimes when I bartend, yes. I have women just get, you know, yeah. Their women just can right become very preoccupied with me. And so he tried to feed me this Jesus. whole thing that she was a stalker. And I'm I was, a bartender. I never had that happen to me. No. And so, anyway, so I eventually just like I remember I told him I was like, hey, listen, I was like, we're not in some serious relationship, so I cannot purport to tell you that you should not date other people. I was like, it's fine. I can't be mad at you for dating someone else because we never, right. m- we never communi- communicated yeah. that we were not doing that. I was like, however, I was like, <laughs> that do not insult my fucking intelligence and try to tell me that it's some crazy crackhead <laughs> when it, she clearly is someone you know. I was like, because that's just You had him stupid. cornered. You had him cornered. What and you that's do? when he was just like, you know what? You're just too reasonable for me. <laughs> <laughs> your, said, your train of logic. And I just uh, was like this. Swung my hair and walked out. Damn, mic dropped. You just pieced out. I was just like, dude. First of all, you lie. 
and you insult my intelligence. No shit. And then you really thought that I was going to believe that she was like some crackhead. And then I, you thought I would believe that she was someone obsessed with you. I mean, he didn't just, like how you used the principles of deduction. Either. Yeah, no. I was like, oh let's there's a little modens ponens and I'm going to explain to you why your argument is invalid and, <laughs> and completely wrought with fallacies. Yes. Damn it, Hari. <laughs> Damn it, Ari, I'm a bartender, not a Watson to your Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, it was so... <laughs> but no, that was like the best breakup ever. You're just too reasonable. He's like, why do you have to be so reasonable? Why you gotta be so reasonable? Oh my yeah. God, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, um, so, I want the craziest date. Oh, the craziest date. Uh, like a, a first date or a date? It was kind of a first date. It was okay. someone that I knew from a long time ago. And that was like friends, like in a friend group from a long time ago that I ended up ran, running back into. Um, <laughs> and uh, was like, oh, I'm going to invite you to dinner at my house. And like, because it was someone that I knew from a while ago that I've actually known, I was like, okay, I'm fine with going to your house. Because, you know, on all these like dating apps, people are like, come to my house. And we all know what that means. What? What's it mean? You know. Huh. Play chess? The boom boom. It means that their cars broke down. Oh, I've had that one too. And need someone to fix the rotors. Yes, and that's what I'm here for. Someone who can cut a good cigar. Yes. So I, this is person, and he's like, oh, come to my house. I'm going to cook you dinner, blah, blah, blah. And so, I, and, and me being a bit jaded at this point, because <laughs> I've had so many, you know, being told I'm too reasonable and all this. I get all dressed <laughs> You're too athletic, Ari. You're, you're just too athletic and intelligent. You're just too athletic, and you need to stop talking about smart stuff. <laughs> I... Get your stuff, and I'm ready to drive to my house. And he calls me, and he's like, I think we need to cancel our date. And so in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, well, I've just stabbed myself. Stabbed? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And, he, and he's like, no, really, I stabbed myself. I was like. Intentionally or accidentally? So apparently this dude, bless his heart, was trying to create a romantic motif in the house for dinner. Sure. And he was, had a candle, and he was trying to, like, mess with the wax or something with the knife. Like a kitchen knife? Like a butcher knife? I don't know. He's a hunter. It might have been a hunting <laughs> knife. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but he was fixed playing with the candle. You only use the right tool for the right job. Yeah, Naturally, he, it was a Bowie knife yeah, on a yeah, little candle. Yeah, I don't candle. know. It was a machete? I don't know. So he was messing with the candle, and apparently he broke through the glass and stabbed himself in the abdomen. Stabbed himself in the abdomen. Yeah. It actually went in. He broke through the glass. And stabbed himself. But so I didn't believe him. So the best part is that Ari, being a bit of the jaded human being that I was, was like, oh, stop it. You're just making this up because you want to break the date. I don't even care. I'm not going to. Ari, and he's like, I think I stabbed myself in the liver. My blood. It's black. Oh, like, my God. He's like, I stabbed myself. I said, no, there's no. There's no. I was like, dude, if you don't want to go out, it's fine. Like, don't make up excuses. Don't tell me you stabbed yourself. <laughs> this is so fucking lame, and bro. And he's like, no, really, I've stabbed myself. And I was like, okay. Well, I was like halfway to his house. And he's like. I'm like, are you okay? I was like, I still didn't believe that. And as she's driving up, there's flashing lights. <laughs> no, no. So I, I show up. So being as I was halfway to his house, and because I'm a decent human being, he's like, I said, you really stabbed yourself, dude. And he said, yeah. I'm going to come check on you. I was like, okay. Well, I'm, I'm like turning onto your like, road. I'll come. I go into his house, and he's laying on the floor of his living room with like a knife in his stomach. What? He's just, like, he, he was in his stomach? <laughs> Had he not called 911 or no. you, he had wasted he time on the phone no. with you? The first thing he did was to call to he cancel called. the date. That's a classy <laughs> guy. What a gentleman. What, what a gentleman. gentleman. Yeah. You yeah. know, chivalry isn't dead. That's no, amazing. He's bleeding now. He's and got so a Bowie knife in his me rib. being like totally angry, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, just another guy being a freaking douche. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, my God. He really stabbed himself. I can't believe this. And so I'm just like. What do we do? And he's like, I don't know. I don't want to pull it out. And I'm like, well, no, you shouldn't pull it out until we get to the hospital. So I'm like, can we get you up? So I ended up 
getting him God. up. It wasn't a big knife. It was like, I was like, okay, let's move up. I got him in his How truck. How big was the knife? It was a knife. About like six inches long. Yeah, like six inches long. I get him in. The and car. how deep in his how deep was the blade? Would you say All a few the way inches? To the freaking hilt. To the hilt? <laughs> Where? Where in his abdomen? Right. I want to know. Oh my God! The like the upper right quadrant, like around the liver. Yeah. So I get him in the car, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I've known this person for a long time, but I haven't known them well. Like it was like a friend of a friend. And we get to the hot. I take him into the ER, and they're like, oh, honey, no, no. I was like, oh, this is just my date. <laughs> Did I, I didn't do this. I, <laughs> I was like, my date stabbed himself when I got here. Here he is. Ends up having to have like emergency surgery oh, no to like shit. stitch up all his insides and everything. And the best part is that his whole family shows up. And I've never like, <laughs> hi, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm Ari. <laughs> are you a woman? <laughs> are you a lesbian? What are you doing here? <laughs> just like, I you look to, pretty um athletic yeah. to be dating my son. Yeah. So I ended up meeting his entire family outside of the OR. Get the fuck out of here. And you've never even been on a date with this guy. Oh. <laughs> thank you I so much. Forever. Thank you so much for being here, honey. It means so much to him. Really? <laughs> yeah, people were like, what's this emergency content? All this stuff. I'm like, I don't fucking really know the dude. It's, it's while you were sleeping, but with a knife. But with a knife, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the pen to the balls, it's a knife. Knife to the <laughs> Knife to the pancreas. I don't well, know. Wow, I could see it now. The family's like, gosh, she's like, really nice, son. You, you should go out with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so odd. So, how did this resolve? What the fuck? Yeah, we ended up going on like a couple dates after that. No, no, no. Was... How'd that night resolve? Oh, he was you... okay. I ended up staying there for like three, four hours, and eventually I was just like, I should leave. I think we, you got this. Your mom's here. So... <laughs> yeah, I was like, your parents are He's here. all crying, holding your hand. What? So, you. <laughs> You went on subsequent dates and they were yeah, good. Yeah, but then, yeah, he was. Yeah. You knew he had a compromised abdomen. It just wasn't. Yeah. Chemistry. Well, after that, after I saw him all, you know, vulnerable. vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, Ari, don't. <laughs> Ari, don't do vulnerable. All that horse shit. All that feminine well, energy. No, no. Like, but so, in, hey, in my defense, it's never on my end. It's never on my end. Like, I don't care if a guy's short or if he's vulnerable or if, all these things. It's not on me. It's usually them. That has the problem. They're me. Like, I'm always just like, eh, I can date you even if you're a Republican. Oh, I can date you even if you're this. Oh, I can date you even if you're 5'6". And it's always it's always on their end that they end up being, yeah, you have too many friends or you have too many, you know. <laughs> you have a, so I've been this told guy, that too. This you guy's problem friends. was you have too many skills with a knife. You will never stab yourself. Yes. Or <laughs> I will not stab myself trying to clean a candle. So. so what's with dating all these insecure men, like hopelessly insecure men? What's the deal? This I mean, they haven't all been that way. Okay, all right, all right. Maybe it's the eyelashes. Tell me about these eyelashes. These are like ski jumps. I love these eyelashes. Oh, my God. You're saying, like, you know, you also have the feminine Honestly, side. Honestly, the, the, um, I mean, love it. I like to be girly. Yeah, you're, you're totally girly. I'm very girly. You have earrings in? I have earrings, yes. I have very long hair. Okay. I have boobs. Uh, okay, okay. I'm going to stop you right there about the boobs. <laughs> We're going to talk about your boobs. We have to. So... Okay, these What does Jordan call them? Bulls on parade? Bulls on parade. Boobs on parade. Like, they're bulls on parade. Boobs on parade. She does say, like, oh, my God, Ari's boobs on parade. Whenever the two of you girls get together, there's photos of them. Did you see the picture of her? Oh, I saw them. Okay, okay. So there's Ari's boobs, the right boob, the left boob, and maybe you can see Ari's face in Jordan. I'm telling you. The boobs. Because Jordan's also, she's the height that, like, she just nestles. Yes, so... So your boobs pull focus. They're always the focal point. There's, it's hopeless. There's no way you can't whoop, instantly look at the boobs because they're, like, they're the centerpiece of any photo that you're in. They're like in the hot tub. And Jordan is sh- 
it's like like, it's like a shelf of boobs, right? Very voluptuous, sorry. So it's like a shelf of boobs, and Jordan is laying her head across the boobs like it's a pillow and smiling very tranquilly. Yeah. And you're just like, yes, yes, good, you know. Uh, it, it's just hey, it's so you know, funny. Jordan, people want to lay on boobs. It's Jordan okay. is a huge fan of your boobs. She's always like, check out Ari's boobs in this photo, and she'll like show me these photos. This photo, like she's a big fan. Big, you got a big boob fan in Jordan. You must yeah. know this. So yes, she's she's very she's very she's all woman. I'm telling you. But yeah, but apparently she, she can outman men. No, I I I don't understand. Well, going back to my friend Mary, you guys yeah. have a lot in common. Um, but she um, she has a similar you know track record. Yeah. And one of her biggest drawbacks, though, is that she lives in a very rural community. Yeah. So the the pickings are slim, yes. to say the least. Um, but I would just, I guess, I would think in a more metropolis area, which Salt Lake is uh, it's still kind of a big big little town i guess but it's still i mean you have the university there's all these yeah. you know companies moving in you know tech companies and whatnot it's just i i don't know it's so funny to me that there's just still slim pickings well i mean in my i probably don't what's the word i guess i would say i i guess i i, I don't care enough either like i you know, I have dating apps, and the only time I open them is when I get an email that's like, "You have 898 unread messages. We're going <laughs> to delete your dating app." And I, I and, and it's just, it's just I've had so many like, because it's like I open it. Like the last time I opened it, what dating apps are you on? Oh, my brother's girlfriend made me get Hinge. It's horrible. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that's a newer one, isn't it's it? It's a newer one. Yeah. I don't even have a Facebook, so I don't think I can have Tinder. But uh, I'll open it up and see someone that I'm like, oh, this person looks decently attractive. They don't look like a, you know, axe murderer. They look like they do things outside. And they like, look I'll reasonable. Yeah, they look reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might like another equally reasonable, <laughs> reasonable person. person. Uh, and I, like this last dude, I remember I, I wrote back to someone. I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm at a funeral because I was at a funeral. Good, like one of our really close. Talk about a turnoff. <laughs> Well, I just, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, everything's fine. I'm just happened to be. According to another movie, grief is one of the nature's strongest aphrodisiacs. Oh, look at me. Take a picture. Pay my hand. Glad he's dead. What an idiot. I don't know this movie. Which Wedding crashers. Oh, Come God. on. Will Ferrell yes. crashes well, funerals. He does. And, and yeah, but, uh, so and he slays it because I'm a person that doesn't, you know, I have a bit of a lack of filter and like there are, there are times when it's like, what are you doing? I'm at a funeral. Like I, I don't think like, <laughs> oh, if I were to want a guy to fuck me, should I tell him I'm at a funeral? I don't think that. You know, like, I don't think that way. So I'm like, I'm at a funeral because that is literally what I'm doing. That is like, what do you do with that? What do you say? Well, so he's like, so do you want a massage after the funeral? I'll come to your house. No and I was like, shit. no, I don't want a massage. And he's like, why not? I was like, because I don't know you. Like, I, I, I was like, I only pay people I don't know to give me massages. Like, I'm not going to, and you're not coming to my house to give you a, to give me a massage. And he's like. Why not? I was like, because, like, I, I, like. Because it says nothing on your profile about being a professional masseuse. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't know you, and I'm at a funeral, so read the room. Why the hell? <laughs> read like, the room. I'm at a funeral. Do I want like? Oh yes, I'm at a funeral, but what I really want to do is go get a massage, aka get fucked, 
right after the funeral <laughs> to make myself feel better? <laughs> hey, man. You know what you need? I'm so sorry for your grief and your loss. You need some cock. That's what you need. That's, that's Obviously. He just offered a massage. I don't know. Yeah, why obviously. are we assuming that he just wants to have sex? I don't get it, guys. Maybe he was a really nice guy. Maybe. But, but you ever Maybe give, he was very... Dexter's Johnny, you Henzy. You ever know. given a guy a foot massage? I'm trying to think. I think just you. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't believe that I have. I don't believe that I have. Going to the whole Pulp Fiction foot massage thing. Oh. A massage is sexual. However, let me say this: Jason gives damn good back and hamstring massages, oh. and I can attest to this because I pulled my hamstring one time. And Jason was there to the rescue. He did. Oh man, he. Yeah, he. Oh God, I was. He got in there. I was screaming. I was screaming for for daddy. He whimpered like a newborn pup, but I pacified him. It's all good. Mm. Now he he melts to such things, and he was very vulnerable. None of that, you know, hardcore Ari shit. But like, you know, very vulnerable, melted, and 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 it's nice. So okay, the guy's like, I want to give you a massage. Like no. Yeah. And this is to hinge. Yeah, and so what always happens is I have these guys that are like, let's meet up, come to my house. And I say, no, I don't know you. I'll maybe meet you for coffee or a drink or something, but I don't know you. No, I'm not coming to your house. Okay, come. And then the second, or are they like, what are you on here for? What are you interested in? What are your, and I'd be like, (laughs) I'm not on here for hookups. And the second that I say I'm not on there to hook up. Peace out. Done. Done. Or, or, and then if I don't get that, then I get the the guys. Play the game, Ari. I just though like I, you know me i'm just so literal and i'm just the You're way straight i am shooter. You're straight and i shooter. just cannot i cannot you know uh go out there and be like oh i'm just gonna i know he really wants to just fuck me but i'm just gonna try to be coy and like be helpless and run away i'm gonna try and fix him and make yeah him. <laughs> exactly and i <laughs> make him not such a sleaze ball yeah and i'm just gonna and then you know hopefully after three we, three dates i'll fuck him and then everything will be fine and we'll get married and we'll have kids and we'll have a white picket fence in a house you know like i, I cannot i cannot bring myself See. to i don't know i just i i, I, I it, well that's yeah yeah and maybe I, i'm just not i'm just not a game player so i've never been i would uh <laughs> I would like, you know what though? I was good at it for a really long time. Well, I like my twenties. I was epic. I was so good at acting oh, helpless yeah. and dumb, and I was so good at it. And I did it all the time. And I would just pretend. And I would, and I, tr- you know, there was times that I just treated men like shit. And it's so sad to think that when I treated them badly, that was much more successful than when I was just myself. The second that I just yeah. became, like I just like well, don't care exhausting. what other people think. It is. It's exhausting. I'm tired of. Yeah. Ca- I just became me. No, I remember, I mean, I was, you know, playing the game in the 20s and, you know, early 30s, Uh, (laughs) playing the game, but, um, yeah, I just, yeah, my, and I have some friends who are, um, not, sorry, uh, (laughs) who are, um, they, they, they like the hunt is what they'll say, but I'm just like, it's so exhausting though. I mean, don't you just want to meet someone and just be yourself yeah. Not have to have, you know, a basic conversation, get to know you, yeah, see where it goes from there, yeah. not play the whole swingers game of, yeah. you know, oh, take the number, you only, you know, call her after 48 yeah, so hours, yeah. blah, oh, blah, She blah. texted me, so I got to wait thir- 72 hours, and, right, and then exactly. I got to act coy, and then I got to do this, and then I got to do that. Yeah, I just, I can't, uh, I can't do that stuff And maybe anymore. it's just, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I seem to have been fortunate enough. Yeah. 
to have surrounded myself with people that in my mind are much better than me. Yeah. And I kind of like that in my life. I yeah. mean, unfortunately I did hear this other podcast from Thomas McMinn, who I told you about. Um, he's got this great podcast and he had this uh, gentleman on who was talking about how you need to have friends that are better than you, that you challenge, that challenge you yeah. and the other ones you should cut out. So I'm just waiting for a lot of my friends just to cut me out. I'm going to be on the cutout equation. <laughs> I'm the cut list. I, I am on the B team. Johnny, we got to talk. Listen, you're a great guy, and we had a lot of good laughs together, but um, it's not working out. You don't challenge me enough. Well, no, I can't tell you how many people I know. I could tell, I mean, we won't say names, but I, I know some people very close to me who purposely surround themselves with people, you know, they want to be the pretty girl amongst the not pretty girls. Because oh, then so it levels so them up. So that they will always be the smartest, the, the strongest, alpha, if you the will. biggest, the alpha. That just and that's so different than me because I always, like, if I meet someone that I feel, and the challenge doesn't have to be physical. It can be intellectual. It could even be, it could even be someone that's more emotional and empathetic than me that I'm like, you make me be less of an asshole. So like, <laughs> thank you. You make me want to be a better man. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and I think that that's... But I see the difference in me always trying to find people that challenge me, whereas other people are kind of trying to be around people they can control or people that they can feel smarter or bigger or stronger than. And it's it's definitely a different, you know, if I meet someone and I feel like, hey, I rode a bike with you or I snowboarded with you or whatever it is that we did and, like, you pushed me and made me do stuff I wouldn't want to do, like, that's hot. That's hotter than a six-pack. That's hotter than, you know, having big muscles or – you know, a beard and being like, I'm a free man. <laughs> Lions, not sheep. Bullshit. You know. No, it's, but it, I mean, talking, and I didn't mean to make it uh, sound simple or, or astonishing, but it is difficult to find somebody that stimulates you. Yeah. And it I has mean, to be yeah. on all level. I mean, it, it I mean, if it, it'll balance out, you know, yeah, you, exactly. you know. I mean, maybe they're better bordered than you, but you just, you know, yeah, or, you know maybe I'm are better intellectually or, yeah, and that's or actually, vice versa. But, or, see, but the thing that's interesting to me is that I don't ever, you know, like I'll, I'll snowboard with people and they're like, I feel bad. You have to wait for me. I'm like, I don't I don't care. Like, okay, granted, if there's three feet of snow, yes, I will leave your ass. But like if on a regular day, <laughs> no bitches on a powder day. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be like, yeah, no. But. On a, on a regular day, I enjoy going with people and teaching them. Like, Because to me, I love being in the mountains and I love doing all the things that I do that just like have really been really great for my mental health. And to see other people doing that stuff for the first time and seeing that moment where they're like, oh my gosh. You're like empowering I took, them. Yeah, like when I took someone on a trail run that like the other day that like had never hiked or trail run or anything and they were running down and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And like, yeah, I had to wait for them and yeah, it was slow and it took us like five hours instead of two. But like... <laughs> and yeah, you never called them again, but still it was... No, they're still my friend. But no. We're sure that they're still alive. I'm all, yeah, you know. He's still there he's on still the trail. There. I'm sure he's fine. So I called search and rescue when I got home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's cast away, but in the mountains. Yes, I'm sure. He, <laughs> he took I, his I helmet. Left, I he left took him his a volleyball, you know. <laughs> he made an effigy out of his helmet and is now crazed with loneliness. No, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever, I, I don't really compare myself. Like, I'm a very competitive person, mm -hmm. but I don't. Healthy, though. It's not unhealthy. Yeah, it's always, it's always been like, I felt like it's like very, uh, a very healthy competitiveness. I've never, you know, I don't work out so that I can take a picture of my ass in the mirror at the gym to be like, oh, look at me. You know, I don't, I, I want, I, I lift because it makes me feel strong. 
Oh, sorry. I lift because it makes me feel strong. Mm-hmm. And because it helps me with snowboarding and biking. And your performance and, and your sports. And performance yeah. and everything else. I love to lift, but I'm never, you know, like I I, 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 I I, hate when I see the part of working out that is just so purely, I mean, there's nothing wrong with aesthetics, don't get me wrong, but like when yeah. it gets, especially with women, when it gets them to a point where it's like the only purpose of doing this is to look a certain way mm-hmm. and they don't care at all about the health the health and like you know i hate you know i mean i had my own little intervention for being obese so i hate when i see um people only using movement and physical activity and everything else as just the only purpose of it is to look a certain way when there's just so much more I mean, aesthetics is great. There right? could be so much more behind it. So much more behind put it, it. Put that muscle to work. Make it yeah. do something. Yeah, well, there's so many people that can, like, you know, hey, I can deadlift 300 pounds, but, like, can you, like, climb up a wall? No. You know, the best climbers They can't ride a bike. Know, they can't do anything. The best climbers I know, the, mo- the most daring, amazing, proficient climbers I know, highly skilled, are skinny as rails. Skinny as hell. yeah. Skinny as rails. They haven't and, lifted a weight in their life. You, you know look what? at them, you're like, you've got the body of a prepubescent boy you know, you know like what the hell i know that are like oh my god i can squat this much and you put them on a bike and they can't even go five feet yeah or not, you know you take, them on, you take them snowboarding and they can go two runs before they're d- done you said because something, there's no muscular endurance either you said something i love and it's going to tie into the next question you said being pushed is hotter than any six-pack or big muscles being yep. pushed being, being challenged pushed. What would be the biggest takeaway for dating for our listeners that you want to give <laughs> to women, to, to women who find themselves, uh, you know, cursed by talent in sports and, and uh, ha- have a vast intellect, but to, to, to women who are sort of no. trying to... They read books without pictures. Yes. <laughs> women who read books without pictures. I can't tell you how many times I have hidden my bookcases when I knew a guy. Get out of here. Fuck yeah. You know, what, what, what Roger Waters say, if it, no one reads anymore. If you go to someone's house and they don't have books, don't fuck them. Yeah, oh, <laughs> totally. Roger Waters said that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I, I, I'm probably a bad example being as I am, as you can see, an old cat lady. What, what, but, what, and what, I have more, you know, I have like seven snowboards. What's your issue? <laughs> And a $12,000 mountain. I have a harem of snowboards. That's your lineage. I like this one on a Wednesday, this one on a Thursday. I have all the men I need. But but what's your your advice to, specifically to women who are trying to own their empowerment but still attract men and still date? And stay competitive in the dating world. Get a really good vibrator. Get a, that's great advice. Yes. That's fucking great advice. Dude, I knew that I had come up when my vibrator charged with a USB versus batteries. I was like, no shit. I can't tell you how many times I was in the backcountry and I'm like, why does my avalanche beacon have batteries? And I'm like, oh yeah, 3 a.m. last night. That's what you know, happened. you could die one of these days. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I took the vibe, the batteries out of my vibrator. Ari, Ari, I feel I must caution you as a friend. You could die one of these days in the backcountry in an avalanche thinking that you have a beacon, but indeed it was a mistake and you pulled a switcheroo and it is in fact your vibrator and in the beacon is on your nightstand at home. Well, I don't do that. I just take the batteries. But then she vibrates her way right out of the snow. <laughs> hold it up. Well, so a vibrator can never let you down. Is that what you're saying? No. That's actually good advice. I mean... I'm my being, shower, I'm being, I'm being my shower pick water I, massager is the purest I love. I don't I've want ever to say that, you know. Uh, That's third eye blind. I've heard this from you know people I know like eh, feminists hate men and blah blah blah. I actually love men. I've always have, but I, I, and I and I think I think especially in this day and age right now, there's just this weird thing going on with the ideas of masculinity and mm. and how it's men are feeling attack. yeah and gender things and like oh my god I don't want to call you this pronoun because it'll like somehow make my pee pee small. Um, 
I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish that I, I wish that I had good advice, but I don't, because I am by yeah. no means a good example. Well, no, you I mean, given the advice. yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I think I think the advice is from what I gather from what you've been saying is just be yourself. Yeah, it don't play sucks the game. Sometimes, it, su- it, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, I I wish that everybody could find their somebody. Yeah, um, but and, but you know, but you it's know better to be yourself time, to do it. I haven't had any relationship drama in like five six years, and it's kind of that's pretty nice. It is nice to not ever yeah. like I don't fight with anybody. I'm Mr. Drama, so I feel bad for my partner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I did okay. So going along those lines, there's this this question of masculinity. Yeah, and I had this question because a friend of mine, we've had some serious conversations about this. Um, and he has he's um basically on a quest to quash toxic masculinity yes and which valid you know valiant quest um but looking up you know i really had to in talking to him i I felt i really need to read more about not just get his opinion on what it was so I, i did more research on it and one of the things that it talks about is um men being more vulnerable yeah. You know, not feeling that they can't show emotions. Yeah. That being toxic masculinity of hiding emotions. Yeah. And not seeking um, help. Right. And not seeking help, not talking about it. Yeah. Um, and this, I'm putting myself out on a limb here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're with you. Ari, Ari loves vulnerability. She'll catch you. you. Luckily, Jason's always holding my hand. So, no, wait. There you go. <laughs> Pinky's up. Um, but uh, one. one of my questions is. If showing emotion, right, and as a white heterosexual male, which is the biggest problem in the world, (laughs) (laughs) we are the problem, let's be honest. Um, (laughs) You know, sometimes um, feeling attacked, I mean, if I feel that way, is it bad to show that? Because then it's like I'm not playing the victim. But am I playing the victim? If I feel attacked, if I'm showing those feelings, I guess it feels like a double-edged sword. And I'm not sure. I, I would love to get your opinion on it because, yeah, you're just obviously insanely smart and very well-versed. It intimidates me. It intimidates <laughs> me. I'm not, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I have some people that I have to deal with regularly that are always freaking out about this stuff. Oh, my God, toxic masculinity, as if, like, no one is saying that lifting weights is bad. No one's saying that liking hunting is bad. No one is saying that you can't be big and strong and grow a beard and get tattoos and wherever else. The things that people are, I think, trying to say are toxic masculinity are what you're saying. Like, there are aspects of, obviously, gender and all these traits across the spectrum, no one is exactly over here or here. Like, you can be a girl and have some things here and some things here. And it's just kind of understanding, especially with masculinity, how when you put this very large focus on certain traits as being masculine and right or whether or feminine, and that's what's feminine, this is what's masculine, that the people in between, you're leaving a lot of people out. And to say that, you know, if a guy likes poetry, that's not masculine is silly. I've been made fun of that for a lot, yeah. a, a lot of <laughs> or, times you know, for yeah. a lot. I can't even speak right now. Yeah. A lot of times I've been and made I, fun of that. And that's what's toxic. Or, or telling men that they shouldn't, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are, for example, like, you know, military vets who come back with PTSD and all these problems. And because they are hyper masculine, you know, we have guns and we have, you know, we did this and we did all that. And you see all these, you know, men marching in the streets with their Walmart tactical vests and shit. And it's like, 
so all of a sudden there's people that are suffering that are being told by society that they cannot get help, that they, they, they can't talk, that they yeah. can't hug someone, that they can't <sighs> just cry if they feel like crying. Whereas me on the other side of the spectrum being the girl that is m like a bit more stoic in that sense, I guess, that I'm just like, I don't cry or I don't do this. I'm being told I'm not feminine enough because I don't do this. Like that's where the toxicity is, is mm -hmm. in, in those areas where people are being told that they don't fit and then or that they can't do this or they can't do that or you know i must be a lesbian because of this or you must be you yeah, know i, I had a, a good friend of mine that you know he has a bit more feminine traits in some sense and i can't tell you how many times people think that he's gay right and i even thought he was gay for a while you know like it's a, fr a friend of my <laughs> husband and like you think of these things and, and i feel bad about thinking that now that i've you know thought more about it and <laughs> made that assumption and 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 I think that that's where we all have to really reassess yeah. what it means to be like, yes, we've had, I mean, obviously our brain, the way our brain works and the way we make schemas and the way we categorize stuff. I mean, stereotypes are useful to our brain because back in the day, we can categorize, we can categorize and we yeah. also can predict behavior. Right. So if we know that this person typically does this, if we're, if we encounter a person, then we can be like, oh, this person might do this. And it's a way to predict behavior and to also attribute behavior. Like what is the attribution of this behavior? Why are they doing that? What are they trying to get? What, what how do I react? And then you gauge a reaction. But, Things are so different now, and we're not, you know, we're not running through the woods trying to ca hunt animals yeah. and live in caves. So how do, and people are obviously all across the spectrum, and how do we respect and accept everybody and, and understand that there is no, there is no definition for either of them, really. Right, and I think, I think you really hit on something there that um, people, we just naturally want to categorize Yes, things. we want to put people in boxes. We naturally want to be able to put people into yeah. a certain, you know, pigeonhole them. And I, th part of that, I think is just be comfortable not knowing. Yeah. And I you think that is such a fear in our society oh, of not knowing, not knowing and saying, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think that's part of it too, is when, um, you know, another toxic masculinity trait is, is putting people down. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. trying to figure out who's Being the a stronger and the weaker. Who's, yeah. Right? I need to be better. So, yeah, I've got to predict. So sizing people up yeah. in another prediction, you know, I'm yeah. predicting this person. I want to know what they're going to do. I want to know if I'm better than them. I want to know yeah. if I'm stronger than Which them. Which all really just comes from your own insecurity. You're just right. projecting what you're insecure about yourself. And if you're, you know, me, I, I, I tend to just, I mean, you know me, I am just say whatever, whenever, and I don't. I don't, you know, I try not to judge everybody or do anything Laurie, else. Oh, you at a funeral. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to get fucked after this. I'd love to get fucked after this. It was funeral. all voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> it was all voice memo. <laughs> She's right in the middle of the funeral going, I'm not going to let you put your fucking hands on me. Yeah. Oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, no, that's, that's a very toxic thing. And, and, I, and I think especially just in this last, you know, period of time, we've seen so much you know, there's so much of the canceling people on the internet and the bullying. And then there's this idea of like wokeness. And then I know people that are, they're anti-woke. Like, well, we can't, they, those people are so sensitive and they're so offended. And I'm like, well, you're being offended by them being offended. I don't even think about this shit. Like, I don't, how are you offended by the person being offended? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's, it really is and something, I think that's with white heterosexual males. Yeah. It's like, we're feeling left out. 
<laughs> Everybody's yeah. offended. Shouldn't we be offended too? Yeah, we're very yeah we got to find something to We're be offended very sensitive. We got to find something to be offended about. Yeah, and it's, it's. But I think you're right. It's funny how the uh, oppressed become the oppressors when the, the bullied become the bullies with like the cancel culture. That would be my cat singing the song of his people. Oh, my cat does that too. <laughs> Oh, this is this is a tangent, a side trip. Let's take a little walk down Kay. tangent lane. Okay. You have two men in the house. Yes. Vonnegut and Vo- Hitchens. And Paco. And Paco, yes. So Paco, Paco is it three men in the house? Were you a polyamorous? Yeah. So Paco is a is a bearded dragon lizard. Yes. He's very handsome. He's flexing in his uh, sun lamp right now. Yes. He's Vonnegut is named for Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt He's Kurt your Vonnegut, cat. I got him here. His first, my first cat I named after Kurt Vonnegut. One of the most influential writers for wait, me. You read Vonnegut? I'm I love sorry. Vonnegut. We have to I have stop this every, sing, every I single book. I can't handle this. I got to walk. Away. I was <laughs> trying to wave off this interview half an hour ago. I'm like, holy shit, she's using big words. I'm mean, I don't I don't help me help Dude, me. Vonnegut don't go is big the word in me, Ari. Bail, bail, bail. <laughs> holy shit. Um, and I said, look across your living room. There is a Christmas tree that yeah. is decaying and, yeah. and dry it's, as a, It's almost Dr. Seussical. It looks like... It's dry as an old knot bone. What, tell me why this is here. What is it? J- February 5th? And here it is. Oh, my God. Well, Look at the so top of it. The top of it has no pine needles on whatsoever. Well, I used whatsoever. to have this really cool star that was on it, like very crooked. I like that it was, wow. it was a funny looking tree. <laughs> no, so I got a tree because I love She welded the so tree I, stand. I'm, and, a, uh, I'm a pretty big atheist, but I love Christmas. Do you celebrate Festivus? I celebrate. I, I just I, I just like to celebrate all, everything. Um, I like it. So I always get a Christmas tree and I decorate. I'm, I love Christmas. Um, and then so, so I had Christmas, <laughs> but I worked two jobs, so I'm pretty busy. And then I chased a big storm to PNW in Seattle when it snowed like three feet over there for New Year's. So I was oh, like yeah. Christmas. Then I went to St. George to see my parents. Then I had to chase this big storm to Seattle. This girl has chased storms to fucking Japan. She's got. I go to Japan to, every year. She's been to Hokkaido. Have you been to Hokkaido twice now? Four times. Four times. That's some of the best powder on earth. And we want to go with you. Yes, you should go. So okay, so that that brings up a question, real quick. How many languages do you speak? Uh, just two, Spanish and English. I can also speak uh, ESL because, uh-huh. like, with teaching people with autism. They did not use ASL because ASL will use one sign for like an entire phrase. And so exact sign language was more um, efficient because you actually want to give them the sentence structure. So you want to sign. But you probably speak a little Japanese, though, don't you? Like four words. And I mean, I can understand. (laughs) Powder, (laughs) snow, snowboard, bitch. (laughs) And I have to remember. Get up and stop crying. You know how to say stop crying. Stop crying. Stop crying. I have to remember when I go to Japan, I shouldn't be like, oh, my God, it's nuking out here. It's nuking out here. Well, all right, a bit soon, a bit soon. I said that once really loud and all my friends were like, oh, my God. It's nuking too soon. Whoa, man. I never knew Hiroshima got so much snow. You get nuked here in Hiroshima. By the way, people in Japan think I'm hilarious. I think it's just because. You're hilarious in America. (laughs) No, but I think just because in Japan people are so like, especially women are so, well, even men, they're so like, Quiet and like. Reserved. I mean, have you heard me sneeze? It, it's like, reserved. It's, oh, it's like a full body. Yeah, like I sneezed in this in this mall in Japan, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with her?" And like, I, there's so many times that I interact with Japanese people where they're like, "You so funny." I'm like, "Why am I so funny?" Like, I just apparently I'm like highly animated and loud and weird to Japanese people, um, but I can I can understand and speak a little German, a little Italian. I go to Austria every year too to snowboard. Wow. Um. 
So what you said you have two jobs. What are your two jobs? So I am right now I, I quit the Montessori school I was teaching at. And right now I'm just a private teacher. I teach for it's actually a family that I know through the Montessori school. I've known both their girls since they were 18 months old. Now they're eight and five. And so when COVID hit, they decided to do all remote learning. And they were looking for someone because I don't know if you've ever seen kids that are five trying to do remote learning on being all day on Zoom is not I've seen a seven year old do it. Yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm basically their in home teacher. I make sure they do the work. Um, I basically provide the direct instruction. Like even though they get their teachers on the computer, I'm there to help them actually do the work. And I've known both of them forever, and they're an awesome family up in Park City. And um, so I do that, and then I work for Backcountry.com. I worked there a decade. I'm a gear, uh, I'm a gearhead. Wow. So like when you chat online, a little thing comes up, and it's like, do you want to talk to a gearhead? Okay, That's I gotta me. say. I love my ice climbing boots. Oh, good. I love my new brown, desert brown snowboarding jacket shell. Yeah. yeah. I, everything I've ever got from Ari. She has advised me on many a gear acquisition. Yeah. This isn't the consignment shop. No. No, no, no. no. no this, this is Arialba. <laughs> no, no. I was trying to figure out the shop she worked at. It's Backcountry.com. Backcountry.com. The little goat. You know the Ibex logo? No. Johnny. I know. I'm the Here. worst. That country, you you've seen Would you like it. a sticker? Put it on your car, Free please. Sticker. Yeah. A keepsake of this interview. Yeah. So I've been doing that forever, and it's actually been really cool. Like, like I said, my friend Oklahoma, I met him because I okay. sold him a sold him a snowboard. Um, I have plenty of customers. Like when I go to Chile in Santiago, I stay at a customer's house in Esquivel, Nevado, and La Parva, and stuff like that. Um, there's been definitely people that I that hit me up for years and years and years that just buy all their gear for me. And it's it's just been it's pretty cool. It's cool it's, to go. You're really good at what you do. Yeah. You're so stoked on gear. One time, I mean, recently we were trying to find me a jacket. Yeah. In, in brown. And, and I it, sent it, him like ten options. And it, well, it bugged seconds. her. It bugged her. I'm like, all right, I'm looking for like a desert brown jacket, something warm. She's like, yeah, maybe yeah, this and that. Da, 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 da. And a few hours go by, and she's and she, I could tell she was bugged, and she gave me like ten options. No, the next day, what am I saying? The next yeah. day, you sent me like, you know, I thought some more about it, a little bit of research. She sent me like a dozen jackets. <laughs> I'm like, holy, spanning from five hundred dollars to like you know one fifty. Yeah, no, like, holy it, shit. Yeah, no, I mean, you're very good. You're very good. Uh, I mean, I don't know that if it's something I could do like full time because I do feel like I have to be, I mean, I went to college and I did all the stuff and I, I do feel like I have to be intellectually stimulated and it's not that backcountry is not intellectually stimulated. But it gives you that lifestyle. You it can is, travel. Yeah, it's definitely my lifestyle and it's what Shred. I do. And I do also just really enjoy um, feeling, you know, the backcountry motto is connecting people with their passions. And I, I, <laughs> I do feel like I do that sometimes. Like you there's, do. there's been times where I've sold someone you know, all the stuff to climb Kilimanjaro. And it's like some cute 50-year-old lady from Ohio or something. <laughs> and the next thing I know, three months later, she sends me pictures of her at the summit with all the stuff that That's I sold her. Adorable. Where she was just like, oh, look. like, Or like, you know, there's this one you lady. You changed my life, Ari. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely like, you know, Thank maybe. Thank you, bro. And then she finds out you're a lady. And yeah. she's like, what? Ari's not a guy. Uh, but no, like there's there's definitely been several instances where I've you know, talked a person through all the gear for like, a, there was one woman that wanted to do the, the trek of Santiago or whatever in Spain. And she's like this cute little lady that needed trekking boots and all this stuff. And, and, you know, since my dad's from Spain, I was like, Oh, go here and here. And I actually, I think she actually went and like met a friend of mine in Spain. And there's been so many times that I've just, you know, and then I get pictures afterwards or, you know, even on social media, I'll have people connect and be like, Hey, here's me with my snowboard at Mammoth Mountain. Ari picked out my first snowboard for me. I love it. Or I have a friend in Japan that I don't even I've never even met her 
And the other day she was just like, oh, my gearhead, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and like one day we're like, it's like eight years ago I sold her a snowboarding gloves and we still talk on Instagram. And she's like, one day we're going to snowboard together. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Like, why not? So how many countries have you snowboarded in? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> she's got to take off her socks for this one, well, folks. Canada, the U.S., Chile, Argentina, uh, Japan, uh, Norway, uh, Sweden, uh, Italy, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, France, Liechtenstein. I want to go to Bulgaria and Romania. I haven't done that yet. But yeah, I mean, pretty much my trips are mostly snowboard okay. related or biking in the summer. Important I like Important question. Yeah. What's the best snow? Utah. Yeah. I would say consistently. Oh, baby, baby, would, baby. No, no. I would say Utah consistently between the snow and the terrain. You can't beat the satch. Because like Japan has a ton of snow. I heard Hokkaido has powder. Yeah, they have tons of powder, but it's a lot of like really low angle trees and gullies. And it's a different type of skiing. But like Because I also, I'm a big like, I like to shoot coolars and, you know, like do steep stuff. Sure. I'm a steep and deep. That's why I ride snowbird. But you like to go to like Nagasaki and be like, whoa. Yeah, God, Nagano's cool. This powder is. Yeah, no, definitely. You've got nuked in Nagasaki. <laughs> this is lit. And everyone, you know, you got to stop saying that. I'm worried about you. I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so insensitive. So smart. So talented. Yet so insensitive. <laughs> I am. So crass. Why did we bring her on this show? This show is about class, Jason. Class. This show is over. Actually, I wouldn't have you any other way. You know, yeah. it's. It's lo- me. I'm always been this way. I'll say this. It's lonely on the top, but uh, goddamn, the fucking views are views are brilliant, right? Yeah. Come on. Arialba. Arialba. I'm so glad you talked to us. Yes. You've opened our eyes. Are Hopefully. We are we done? Is that what's happening? <sighs> it's never over. We don't have to be done at all. Oh, Pharaoh, here. You have any more questions for me? I'm... I feel like no. This has been a great show. It's it's been amazing. Um, I I thought you had some more questions on your. Uh, no, he's done. He's got. We always have a list. We well, if anybody needs list. anybody needs any gear, you can always ask for Ari on backcountry.com. Ari on backcountry.com. How do you spell that? A R I. Pretty simple. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want. <laughs> it's not spelled like A R G H Y. For a dumb hayseed like Johnny over here, A R I is all he can do. I just want to make sure they get the right person. Yeah. We will now have a brief one-week intermission before reaching our final destination. Please feel free to move about the cabin, use the lavatory, get some popcorn, hug your spouse, go to work, live a life of peace and tranquility before tuning in again next week. Thank you, and please remember to mind the gap between the train and the platform.